0: Have you ever thought about the difference between spending time with God alone versus doing a Bible study? Did you know there is a transformative relational difference between those two disciplines? Now, I know that you Theo nerds out there, you theological geeks are going to say, well, when you're doing a Bible study, God is with you, and he is, but I want to parse that out just a little bit, just for the sake of this podcast, I want to make a distinction here. Doing a Bible study, wherever you do it, of course God is with you, but I'm talking about something different in this podcast. There is a transformative relational difference. There can be, maybe that's a better way of saying it, between those two disciplines of doing a Bible study. And what I mean, and I'll get more into this in a moment, you know, sometimes Bible studies can just be a rote activity. It could be a legalistic activity. It could be something that you have done so long that in a very real relational sense, God is not with you, even though he is omnipresent, even though the Spirit is indwelling in you. For you Theo geeks out there, but sometimes we can do our Bible studies in such a way that we can be relationally detached from the author of the Bible study. And I want to talk about that in this podcast, though both of these things are vital, a Bible study, but also spending time with the Lord. In this podcast, I want to talk about how to bring those two things together that can ignite your soul and bring a transformation, bring a joy, bring you back to your first love Bringing an excitement to your Bible study? No, let me restate that. Not bringing an excitement to your Bible study, which can happen, but bringing an excitement to your relationship with God. And so I titled this podcast, You Can Do Better Than a Bible Study. Spend time with God. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive your Daily Drive is the podcast where we put all of our article content in audio format so that you can listen to them. Many of you know by now we just launched a new website. This is November 2019. We started February, March last year, and we have finally migrated everything over to our new place. And what that means is that we built a brand new home is what we did. And then we packed up everything in the old home and we moved it to the new home, which is bigger, more expansive. Uh, It's a smart home. You know, you've seen these smart homes where everything's technologically advanced. Well, we built a smart home. Now, we're not as smart as we need to be, but we have the home. We have the structure now to where we can do more things than we were able to do. We were limited where we were. When I started this ministry 11 years ago in 2008, July the 3rd specifically, it was just a blog. I was just writing articles. I thought that I was gonna be doing counseling for the rest of my life. And I've never been a big fan of of biblical counseling as a one-on-one isolated context because I have a high view of the local church and I know that all of us need all the means of grace that a local church can provide to an individual. Counseling is just a small part of it. But I had a counseling ministry, and I was meeting people one-on-one knowing that that's an inferior way of doing discipleship. And so I started writing articles so that I could send these articles to these individuals. So I would meet with them on Tuesday. They would read something that I would write on, you know, say, Friday, and, and it was kinda adding a, a, another friend to them so that they could get the help that they need because I knew that they needed more than standalone counseling sessions. But then I began to write more and then people began to read and then we added a little bit of this and a little bit of that like these podcasts, we began doing webinars, we started an online school and it just kept growing until we outgrew ourselves. I remember my first home was a single-wide mobile home, and it was nice. It was 40-something years ago, whatever whatever that was. And, and then we moved to a, a double-wide mobile home. We live in the southern part of the United States. But then eventually we needed something a little bit larger, and that's what we did here. So for the past several weeks, after the launch, the launch was early November but after the launch we began to unpack all the boxes because once you move everything over you have to unpack the boxes and of course then you rearrange the furniture and so we have been working over the past few weeks to get the wrinkles out the bugs out you have been very patient we've received a lot of emails from people asking where's this, where's that, what about this, what about the other thing? This is not working, can you fix this? When is this gonna happen? But you've all have done that in a kind way and it's very important to us that you send us those emails because here's the thing, if you don't send me those emails, there's a good chance we won't know or we will not find out till months later and I'll be thinking, man, I just wish somebody would have sent an email and said, hey, this is broken here and can you fix it? Because if you don't, there will be a hundred other people that will stumble across that and there can be an assumption that we see it, we know it, or or if I see it, somebody else will see it and they will send it an email. Well, if everybody thinks that way, you're not going, nobody's going to. Let us know, and hopefully, eventually, we will find these things. But I do want to thank you for your kindness and your patience as we, we have been working through this process. We knew it would be like this, and the good uh, that it would be busy, and there would be a lot of things that, as we unpack, that we would have to fix. There was broken glass, we found out, and there was a plate that was broken, and one of the legs fell off the coffee tables in, in, in the move, and so forth and so on. And so we've been fixing all these things since then, but we're getting there. And I would say that we're well over 90% as far as where we need to be. And I thank God for that. And I wanted to, I just wanted to provide a better place for you all. You've been very kind to us, and we wanted to give you something that's user friendly. Now, what's going to happen, or more user friendly, but what's going to happen here is over the next few months, the next few years, we will keep enhancing and and hopefully by the time the Lord calls me home, we'll have a, a user experience here that will be something that will really uh, be helpful to you. Right now, though, you can read all of our articles. We have one of the things that we did build is we built a, a top, topical page so that you can see all of our articles at a glance. You can see all the top, topics at a glance. And so if you go to the receive help link, On our website and if you look under uh, the word articles and click on it it's going to take you to a topical page and on that page you'll see all the topics for all of our articles and you can just you can read and read you can read for years you can study for years and you have all of those topics there right in front of you now if you want to know where the most recent articles like this one that I'm doing here there, up in the upper left-hand corner, there's, there's a, uh, a link that says current articles, and under that it says blog roll. And if you click on blog roll, it will always give you the latest articles, whatever they are. So you can always get the latest articles in the order in which they are published, or you can just go through, sift through that entire topical page there and pick out something that's important to you. And so we are very excited to be able to provide something that's easier to use, and I promise you it will continue to get easier for you to use. The title of this podcast is You Can Do Better Than a Bible Study. You Can Spend Time with God. Now, let me clarify what I mean. I'll give you two illustrations. You're reading this article I'm sorry, you're listening to this article right now that's full of my words, and that's great. You're hearing it, and I'm thankful that you are listening to this article that I'm sharing with you. But imagine this, if you were meeting with me, if we were in a local coffee shop and I was sharing these ideas with you in real time, in real space, there's no distance between us, that we are together that would be imagine, imagine how the interaction would be so much different than you sitting in a coffee shop by yourself reading this article versus you and I sitting there together and we're sharing this article with each other. Let me give you another illustration. Perhaps you can think about it this way. I have a family blog that I've been writing for years where I put stories about our family, our lives uh, up on this blog. And the reason I do that is I do that for my children. I'm producing that blog. So my kids will have my words long after I'm gone. I thought about this in 1994, which is when I started writing officially. And my thought was, is that I'm not going to live forever. And and if I were to die soon or die earlier than I anticipate, I would like for my children to know something about me. And it was that thought that, that motivated me to start writing. And so I wrote a, a blog. Well, there wasn't a blog back then. The, the Internet was in its infancy, and what we're doing here was worlds away from what we did back then. But I journaled. And I journaled a page a day, writing stories uh, about my life, good and bad. And of course, in my early life, they were virtually all bad. But I did that so that my children would have my words long after I was gone. But which would be better, for them to read those words after I am gone, or to interact with me about those stories? Well, obviously, to sit down with me in a coffee shop or with my children on the couch in a living room and sharing stories and talking and laughing and interacting in real time and space, flesh on flesh, sharing stories would be more potent than them reading these stories on a black and white page years later. That's what I'm talking about. And though a Bible study is essential, a Bible study is fantastic. And I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is that you can take your Bible study to another level by interacting personally with the author of the Bible while you explore the Bible. And that is what I'm talking about here. I know that when a person talks about how much time you spend with God, as I'm doing right now, that it can send echoes of, of guilt through the soul. My goal here, and, and whenever you talk about, so the Sunday school teacher gets up and says, we're going to talk about prayer today, or we're going to talk about reading your Bible today. That's when the echoes of guilt begin to traverse your soul. My goal here is not to provoke you for guilt-motivating purposes. It really isn't, and I, I know that that's a possibility, so I want you to relax a bit. What I want you to do, what I hope you will do, is that you will just think about the difference that can exist between studying the Bible for personal academic purposes, which again is fantastic. But compare that to exploring God's Word academically while talking to the author prayer as you reflect upon His words. So let me ask it this way. How much time are you spending with God and his word. I'm not talking about entering into a physical closet when you're doing this, but I am speaking of of the praying without ceasing habit as you read and reflect upon God's words. Sometimes I call it God at your elbow where you are walking with the Lord in the Spirit. God is with me. You see, there can be an otherworldly difference between doing devotions, reading the Bible, going to a Bible study, versus spending time with God and His Word, as I am outlining here. Bible studies and devotions, as great as they can be, they can turn into legalistic, check this off my list, activities without spirit empowered intentionality. I'm a Trinitarian at heart. I believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well on planet Earth. I believe in a pneumatic ministry of the Holy Spirit, that we can walk in the Spirit, that God is truly with us. And when it comes to Bible studies and devotions, as fantastically well as they can be, What began as the best spirit-filled intentions can lose their potency because it devolved more into rote than real. As you wake up late in the morning and you realize that you have a few moments to to get to school, to get to work, get to the next place, but you need to do your Bible study. And so you turn on the audio Bible and you listen to it and that takes the place of your Bible study or that is your Bible study. Or you've done it so many times that you can do it without thinking. That is the downside of a habit. Take that trip to work again. How many times have you made it? The first time you made that trip to work, you, you noticed everything from start to finish. It even takes longer because you've never done it before. But after you do it 1,000 times, you get to work and you say to yourself, I don't even remember getting here. Well, that's the downside of a habit. Habits are fantastic because sometimes we need to shake ourselves. We need to jar ourselves loose so that we we have a great habit, but we're not missing these pneumatic opportunities within these habits. We lose our intentionality. We don't see any longer what we need to see because because we've done it so many times. Intentionally engaging God with his word for a personal application can ignite the soul. Setting it ablaze as you cuddle with your Lord and his word. Be a cuddler with your father and his words are you a spirit-filled, god-centered, word-saturated cuddler most folks who struggle with things in life do not have regular snuggle time with God the Lord and his words are a side item at best as i as i said wrote not real It is rare as a counselor, a a person who has spent the majority now of his uh, adult life counseling people, it is rare to counsel a person who saturates in God and his word regularly. True story. It really is. It's not a judgment on every person that I've ever talked to. And so if you have talked to me in a counseling context, I'm Probably not saying that about you, but I would say that the majority of folks who have come to me with these, particularly with long-term unresolvable issues, unresolvable in their mind, or relational problems, that they are not cuddlers. They don't have a regular snuggle time with the Lord and His Word, but the happy soul who is saturating in Him, in the Lord, at The moment of personal study is keeping in step with the Spirit. A good illustration or helpful illustration to me for keeping in step with the Spirit. It's like before you take a step, you say, I'm going to respond to God the way that he wants me to respond as I take this step. And then you take it. And then before you take the next step, I'm going to have God thoughts as I take this step and then you take another step, and then your third step. I want to have God's mind on what I'm doing here and what's going on around me, and you take that third step, and you continue to do that, and then when you turn around and look back, when you look through the rearview mirror, you see a person who has been walking in the Spirit. I am talking about a side-by-side, praying without ceasing, enjoying a God is at my elbow kind of life. Even when something knocks this person off his feet, he rebounds quickly because the Lord was there at their moment of sorrow. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Genesis thirty twenty, And if you read the verse, you, I, I, would, I would dare say that most people would wonder why, why is that your favorite verse? But in the middle of Joseph's drama, this is the story of Joseph in Genesis, it says this, quote, "'The Lord was with Joseph.'" I love those five words. They are simply profound. The placing of the with part. The Lord was with Joseph. The placing of the with part in the holy text was no accident it speaks to an active god but i don't want you to miss the whole point not only was the lord with joseph and it speaks about an active god who initiates and engages god is with us don't miss that that joseph had a passive don't don't think that joseph had a passive relationship with his maker God was with Joseph, and Joseph was with God. The boy with a coat of many colors had a walking, talking, living, breathing, adventurous relationship with the Lord. God was big in his world, and everything else was small. If you are a Christian, God is with you too. But the bigger question is... Are you with God? This goes back to the downside of habits. Sometimes, sometimes, and you'll hear people say this, that I, we call it the first love, that when the Lord first saved me, my relationship with God was like, oh, fantastic, and, you know, however we describe that. But it's not like that any longer. Well, one of the reasons it's not like that is because of the downside of a habit. Our marriages are like that too. The dating relationship is off the chain. The honeymoon is outstanding. But then as the years go on, if you if you don't shake yourself and if you don't maintain that intentionality, it's one of the reasons some people laugh at us, but we have a, a rule in our, our marriage and we abide by it most of the time. And don't mean it legalistically, really don't. But Lucia is not permitted to get outside, get out of the car without me opening the door for her. Now she does that regularly, obviously, but I would say the majority of the time she does not get out of the car without me opening the door for her. And the reason for that is, is that it is a reminder of my responsibility to serve her. That is my job. You have to implement intentionality into your relationships or your relationships will become stagnant. And I will be with her, but am I really with her? The boy with a coat of many colors was a walking, talking, living, breathing. He had an adventurous relationship with the Lord and, and so as you think about this, you ask yourself, what do you need to implement, not in a legalistic way, but even whatever you implement, like opening the car door for your wife, even what you implement, you'll have to remind yourself a year later as to why you do that, because that will become a habit too. As you care for others, you will begin to see a pattern of how many of them do not have a reciprocal with Joseph, with God relationship. God may be with them. As I was saying earlier, I mean, if you are a Christian, God is with you and the spirit is in you, but your affections or the people that you care for, their affections will be with something else that they have attached their affections to something else. They have yet to embrace the God is with me, I am with him lifestyle practically. And so my appeal to you would be to carefully discern what I am sharing with you here when caring for those within your sphere of influence. Christianity by rote, Bible study by rote, prayer by rote. If, you are, if you're the struggling soul and you're not, you don't have the snuggle time with your greatest love, then you want to make a, a courageous and compassionate appeal to yourself. And if you know someone like this, where it's a parent, they, they, they don't emote. And I'm not talking about that you're, you're just this over the top, happy, emotive person. Everybody's not like that. I don't emote that way, that's not who I am but I can have an internal joy and gratitude and happiness and emotions for my relationship with the Lord. And if you don't have that, or if you have a friend that, that you perceive that they are not there yet, that things have kind of have gone dim in their soul, you want to make that courageous and compassionate appeal for them to return to the Lord. The title of this podcast is You Can Do Better Than a Bible Study. You can spend time with God, and I've already footnoted all you theological geeks out there, you Bible nerds. Obviously, God is with you in the Bible study, but I'm talking about something different. Let me ask you a few questions here, and then then we'll wrap up. Number one, do you have regular snuggle time with God, wherever that may be? It's more than God and I wrote God and I, legalistically, but you have snuggle time with the Lord as you, you, you crawl into the Lord's lap, so to speak, with your Bible, and you talk to him about whatever it is that, that you're seeing in his word and practically applying from his word. It's the difference between my children reading our family blog years after I'm gone and my children in on my lap, and, and I'm sharing the stories of my family blog with them, and we are talking about it. Do you have regular snuggle time with God? Number two, how big is your God? Practically speaking, I want to tell you where you can find the answer to that question. The question is, how big is your God? Practically speaking, you'll find the answer to that question as you compare your joy with your sadness. If your sadness is greater than your joy well, then God is not as big as he needs to be. Here's another comparison. Uh, You'll find the answer to that question as you compare your hope and your fear. Line up hope and fear. Bring them both in the room. Put them both in the ring. Which one will win? Will hope conquer fear or does fear conquer your hope? Here's another clue where you'll find the answer for how big your God is gratitude versus complaints. Bring gratitude and complaining into the room. Put them in the ring. Which one will win? My question is, how big is your God, practically speaking? Number three, do you have a walking, talking, living, breathing, adventurous relationship with God? If you don't and you need some help in this area, here's two things that I want you to do. I want you to take this article or podcast, take it to somebody, and sit down and talk about it. Get in the living room on the couch. Get in the kitchen at the the bar. Get in the coffee shop and have a real-time conversation with another human being about this. And then both of you start talking to God about this in real time. If you do that, it will begin to change your life dynamically. And then number four, will you start by going to your closet, wherever that may be? Uh, It doesn't have to be a literal closet, but wherever that may be, Uh, one option is for you to talk to your friend, as I was saying, but another is for you to go to your closet and cuddle up with God and Psalm 119 Take 119, and the reason I say that is because Psalm 119 is virtually not every verse, but almost every verse in Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible, talks about God's Word, and so I would love for you to talk to God about God's Word as you read through Psalm 119, and take as long as you need to do that, take a couple of days if you need to do that. If you need more help, we do have books that I have written. The one that would apply most to what we are talking about here is my book, Change Me. Uh, the Lord has blessed that book and has used it in quite a few lives, and, and for which I'm grateful for. But I would encourage you to go to our store. It will take you out to the Amazon page, and you can get the book, Change Me, and you can do a long-term Uh, read through that book, and it will help you to jumpstart. But obviously, the most important thing is pick out your own passage from the Bible. Go to your closet, wherever it may be, and spend snuggle time with your Father. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.